0: Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, which is in training, and our special guest, The Moon, everybody! The Moon! The Moon comes down from their beautiful spire in a dress, a oh. suit. Oh. An excellent attire. Her hand, his hand, their hand, it reaches before us. Oh, so many rings. Ooh. You kiss it, I kiss it. What is that taste? It's blood. I thought it would be
1: cheese. Isn't the moon made <laughs> <It's>, of cheese? <laughs> it's blood. Cheese. It's you don't even like blood. It's brie. It's brie. I'm Alicia Herder and I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, lunar deities, witches in the news, and a spell to start speaking up. Cause you've got things to say. You got thoughts.
0: You've got ideas. Say them. Not here. This is our show. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to somewhere else. How are oh we gosh. doing? Oh, my God. Hi. Listen, we haven't
1: recorded in a while. It feels,
0: it feels like it's been years. How long? It's been almost a month. Three weeks a month. Mm. Three weeks. Mm.
1: But that doesn't mean I didn't get to see you because we had a whole birthday thing.
0: We did. So it is that time of the month where we are, are all having... on our period <laughs> yes. and are having our birthdays. And are having our birthdays. So Alicia... Hold on. Let me just let me preamble for a second. Yeah, 1991, mm-hmm. October 29th. Beautiful. A child was ripped from the womb of a screaming woman. Yeah, I was a C-section. I knew that. See, and she said unto you, "There will be two more wards." <laughs> Harbingers of death and dying, uh-huh, uh-huh. and onto this earth they will come, and they will scream, and they will invite you to your their musical theater performances. Oh, and you will go,
1: and you have no choice but to go.
0: <laughs> so, Alicia and I, we're turning thirty. Alicia's already turned thirty. Oh my god, I'm waiting. Any well, minute, you'll now. be thirty by the time this episode airs. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so tell me in the in sort of this weird um hazy primordial fantasy verse
1: Mm -hmm. we had our group birthday with creative director Mallory Porter Mm -hmm. and that was so much fun we were in the desert
0: is this our second or third group birthday I think it's our second I think our first one was when we were 17. What about Salem, though? I think that was also a group birthday. Oh, shit. So this is our third. Third group birthday. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah.
1: The girls, they just keep coming back. They, <laughs> they keep, keep stay coming away. back for more.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we went to the desert. Mm-hmm. My transition into the desert uh, was a little softer than yours. You were coming straight from Denmark, mm-hmm. which is really quite. Quite a trip. <laughs> it was. Mallory Porter, she lives in Phoenix, Arizona, and I never been to the desert, and people told me a lot of things about the desert that I believed, and they turned out not to be true. One, scorpions, they cannot jump. They cannot jump. That was a terrible, terrible lie they told you.
1: It was quite mean. It was very, you like landed, and they told you that.
0: Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to step off this plane. And die. Immediately. They're going to come on. They're like at the
1: airport. They're just waiting to like rush in.
0: Yes, exactly. They got to
1: catch their flight.
0: They have to catch their flight. They got to go places. You're like, listen, we're going to New York City. We want to go to Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> and Mallory Porter, she has this amazing gift where she can just anticipate your needs. Mm-hmm. She can see your needs. She wants to give you the best possible experience because she does so desperately want you to move to Phoenix, Arizona. That's true. And so she set me up with a whole vegan spread. She's Mm. like, I've got you tickets to this museum, to this tour. Like, we're going to go dinner to this place, to that place. And I felt so bad because I was so jet lagged. And then I was severely, like, overcome with heat exhaustion.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I was so sick.
1: The one time you go to the desert,
0: this is what happened. Exactly. And I don't know if it was, like, being in the sun for super long or, like, I felt like I was drinking a ton of water. But, like... I just felt like shit, like, the whole time. And then on top of that, like, Mallory Porter has such good energy, so you do want to perform for her. Yeah, you want to rally. You do, you do. And it was really funny because, like, you've got, like, Mallory and her, like, Arizona queens. You've got a Joey Estava. You've got a whoever the other bitch was. And, like, they're having a great time.
1: Time of their life.
0: And then it is, like... Eleven thirty at the rooftop bar, oh and Alicia, and Marcel, and I are like,
1: <gasps> "You got a really cute picture of me, like actually asleep yeah. at the rooftop bar." Yeah, and I was cold.
0: You because it yeah. was a rooftop. It was a rooftop. So I was like in November
1: hibernating, just like I have to fall asleep or else I'll die. Mm-hmm. Got to conserve my energy. Yeah, it, it was, was gonna, still so much fun. I feel bad that I was jet lagged, but you know, no, I think Molly was so just much. happy
0: to have us there. That's She's true. She's so understanding about.
1: That it is true and then on one of the nights we watched practical magic and joey who is also you know friend of the pod set up this beautiful ofrenda for us to celebrate dia de los muertos and so we all like brought something to put on the ofrenda you even drew a fucking picture which was kind of mind-blowing mm-hmm. since you didn't have an actual picture and you had my little instex camera mm-hmm. and you snapped a picture and there's this like vapor around us it's like me and marcel are in the picture and
0: i gotta say kind of looks like some ghosts were there it absolutely looks we're gonna put this on yeah the instagram but this is there was no fire pit no there were like three
1: candles lit but not, but not like yeah and not like to that overwhelming amount, so is yeah. it like desert dust? I was like, maybe it's just dust. Maybe but it wasn't windy. No, not nothing's really. like
0: swirling that. Oh my goodness!
1: Like I can see three ghosts in there, and I think one of them looks like a Casper's uncle situation. That guy in the corner. <laughs> yes, I'm like, who is that? One is kind of like a really scary face, and so even this one looks like an abrégé, kind of like one of those. Which is like one of those fantastical creatures made from Mexican traditional folk art, like in Coco, the animated film. Oh, I love that film. It's so good. So but my question is, who are these motherfuckers? Uh, these That's are your, my real question. These are your angels. No, no. I, well, one, I thought maybe. But it I mean, according to Alabrigé, I'm not Mexican. I'm sure there is. No, 23 Me is like, a, you are very European to a, an upsetting point.
0: A European equivalent. I don't know. But it, we had multiple people on the ofrenda. That mm-hmm. Easily could be Joey's. Yeah. But also Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on the ofrenda. Oh, maybe it's RBG. She's like, listen, the afterlife is fucking sick. Yeah, I'd believe
1: it. But yeah, I want to know who the Casper guy is who the spooky
0: guy is how did you choose who to put on the ofrenda
1: I only cared about two dead people and that's who went Mm slash I only had pictures of two dead people so that's who went (laughs) up on there
0: (laughs) I got nervous so I don't own any hard copy photos of like my loved ones yeah and so I was like I don't want to like print them out on printer paper I'll just draw a picture of them but I didn't have time to like draw all of the people in my life that have passed, and then there was a part of me that was like, "Are they mad?" I just oh. drew like my father's mother, uh, Lida, and her sister.
1: Okay, but if this were by Coco rules, and you didn't put them on the ofrenda, they're gone, gone. No, but that's, like that- they're in the ether; they are not coming back they because have they never were been not on remembered. an ofrenda
0: before. <laughs> They've never been on. This is their first time.
1: Well, now you've set a precedent for all of them. God
0: damn it. That's okay. I need to make more Hispanic friends. <laughs> ah. One day. But I think
1: it's very cool and very spooky. So I guess the spirits were watching Practical Magic with us and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. That's why they actually turned out. They wanted to see Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Yeah, we have to figure out if this is before or after the birthday cake.
1: Mm. And also... Oh, what if it's <laughs> just birthday cake smoke?
0: No, that would that be obscene, too. That was inside. Oh, you're right. That was inside. I don't know. We should take this by a Ouija board oh. and try to contact these fucking ghosts. That's what we should do. All three of them, yeah. And ask them. What's up? How's it going? How's RGB? What'd you think of the show? <laughs> do you Have you subscribed to us on
1: Apple Podcast? You are definitely not a patron, so get on it dead people get on it alicia really, should you hear that is it the jingling of bells <laughs> okay you can't go too far because she's gonna come for her money <laughs> <laughs> this is when she gets rich every year but i see is that mariah riding the moon oh my god
0: how did she get up there how did
1: she only she could get up there
0: Jeff Bezos can get into space but only Mariah can get to the moon and with the help of Positively Mystic. Oh
1: my gosh Positively Mystic that's a throwback. We learned about her and her shop back in our Pendulum episode.
0: Yes oh my god my favorite episode. So she's back and she's better than ever and our girl Nicole Positively Mystic on Etsy our favorite star seller.
1: Ooh what is a star seller?
0: A star seller is a shining example for providing great customer service with a history of five-star reviews, on-time shipping, and quick replies. She's there for you, and she wants to give you these witchy items. Ooh, get it, get it, get it, get it. So on top of that, she's also given us, given you, Baby Witch, a discount code to get 10% off any order on her Etsy. That discount code is, do you have a pen and paper? I'm do you ready. have some candles? I'm fucking ready. It's Witch Yes. <gasps> remember it live it laugh it love it which yes tattoo it on your arm
1: she also has this beautiful pagan wheel of the year calendar it has all of the sabbats and we know tara and i know there are way too many sabbats we can't keep track of them they pop up we're like what and this is a wooden spinning wheel of the year calendar literally made of birch wood which is fantastic And it's used to track the pagan sabbats, the phases of the moon, and astrological zodiacs. Like, what? It's like, that's a three-in-one handcrafted wooded calendar. What does that even mean? It measures 12 inches in diameter. And each wheel has a wall mount attached to the back. So you can put it on your wall. You can put it in your shower.
0: You can can sleep with it in bed. On your husband. On your husband. on On your wife. On your wife. On your life partner. On your child. On your dog. On
1: your dog, not on your cat. Cat's not going to allow for that. Too fast. Too fast. Each order comes with free shipping in the United States, and it is shipped entirely in recyclable packaging because Positively Mystic cares about the environment, as do we all. Thank you. Thank you. And you can even add runes to your purchase or a stand to really, like, trick it out and have an awesome setup. And the best part, the best part, Is that, oh my God, you really want to know? Please tell me, oh my God. So, you know, you get something and you're like, I don't know how to use it. Everything she sells comes with a handy guide that explains how to use the product. Like a little
0: booklet. It's so cute. It has illustrations. It talks to you. Not like you're an idiot, but like you are Positively Mystic's little beautiful niece or nephew. Talks to me like I'm five, which is what I need. Exactly. But like a five-year-old that I do love, not a five-year-old that I'm angry at. Oh, yeah. There's a difference. A
1: polite five-year-old. I absolutely love it. It's a stunning calendar of the year. Everyone should really check it out. And even the pendulum boards and pendulums that we were sent, that came with a little guidebook as well that told us how to use it.
0: Exactly. If you are looking for a witchy gift for the witches in your life, Visit Positively Mystic on Etsy and again, use that promo code WitchYes to get 10% off any order on her store.
1: And I love you. And I love discounts. And if you want to do an advertisement on WitchYes, you can hit us up for your business store, tarot readings, metaphysical, blah, blah, blah.
0: OnlyFans.
1: OnlyFans. Ooh, your WitchYes OnlyFans? Your witchy only fans. My
0: witchy only fans is called mystical blah blah blah. <laughs> Ooh, I like
1: that. Okay. You can email us at witchpodcast at gmail.com and learn more about how to make that happen. We know you guys got businesses out there. You're business women.
0: People? People. You're, you're business people. Your
1: business people.
0: You're business bitch.
1: You're a business bitch, baby. And now, to our special guest,
0: the moon! The moon, everybody. Yay. Yay. I can't believe we got her. Them? I can't believe we got them.
1: <laughs> I think the moon should be, like, the genders
0: should get switched
1: each time. There's some they, them, she, her, he, him situation going mm-hmm. on. Like, why? Mm-hmm. why? We don't need to gender the moon.
0: I feel like the moon is opalescent and then therefore is, like, able to change within, like, the different kinds of light, depending Ooh. on the room or, like, the light reflected around them. Okay. They're like, today I'm this, today I'm that, today I'm nothing.
1: It's like a little Anna Wintour. Ooh. Okay. I love that.
0: Let's talk about the moon. Listen, I've been waiting decades to talk about the moon.
1: No one would listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> All I want to do is talk about the moon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why I was single for so long. This is o- why city. you were
1: howling back in middle school. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: you were no. like, I just want to talk about the moon. No one... <laughs> oh, man. Health class is rough. Okay. Yeah. So I do want to tell you about what the fuck the moon is.
1: Okay. It's like a rock. Big mm-hmm. rock. Who big. Doesn't fit in my purse or my bra. Big rock in the sky made of cheese. Mm-hmm. Would you eat it? I would eat the moon.
0: Yeah. Do you think it'd be smoky?
1: I think it'd be dusty. So you'd be like. <coughs>
0: dusty cheese. <laughs> dusty cheese. It would be like cheese, but then it would have like. The Kraft mac and cheese, cheese powder on what top. What if it's
1: like Pop Rocks, <gasps> spicy cheese? Because who has tried to eat it? No one. No, no one's tried to eat the moon. Neil Armstrong never tried to eat the moon, no right? Keep
0: that silly hat on the whole time. Oh my god, how ridiculous! Sixties.
1: <laughs> the sixties. So I don't 60s. know. So they were 60s. like Roe
0: versus Wade. No, we're not going to eat the moon. <laughs> Was that one Ro versus... I don't know. What's I don't know. Don't fact check me. Don't fact check us. So the moon is out there.
1: Okay, the moon is out there, and the moon is always out there. The moon has been out there. I don't know if dinosaurs saw the moon. No, dinosaurs must have seen the moon. But dinosaurs of have seen gravity the moon. And exactly, shit, right? exactly. They were okay. like, We
0: have oceans and we have tides.
1: We all see the moon. And the moon sees us. And the moon sees us. When you look into the void, it looks back.
0: <laughs> My nightmare. <laughs> so throughout mythology, humans have been looking up at the sky and screaming oh. What the hell is that? (laughs) And sometimes they're talking about the moon. And sometimes
1: they don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's a UFO. As a heavenly body, we've been coming up with answers for what the moon is. A big juicy goddess in the sky. A hole that the sun peeks through during the day. A ball kicked so hard it got stuck on the rocky dome that encapsulates our planet and it never came back down, which is my personal favorite.
1: Mm, that's a good one.
0: The most widely accepted scientific theory for how the moon was formed is called the giant impact hypothesis. What do you think that is?
1: Isn't that the whole idea like an asteroid hit the Earth or I guess it could be something else on the Earth and mm-hmm. then a big rock, a big rock. Oh, yeah. Big rock. Yeah. Kind of like shot into space and then was like, oh. I like it here. <laughs> oh, this cozy. Let me hang out. This is nice.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a fairly that's accurate. Pretty close. Okay. That's very close. So the idea I'm behind— I'm basically a scientist. You are. Oh my god, ninety-eight percent science. Ninety-eight two percent sass.
1: Oh, I was gonna say two percent water <laughs> or gas
0: or gas or gas, depending on what she's eaten for lunch. So it's true. The idea behind this hypothesis is that at the beginning of our solar system. There was a lot of competition for who was going to become a planet.
1: Oh, they're fighting.
0: They're brawling. Oh, do you think they're boxing? Yeah. With big, (laughs) huge rock hands. They're throwing
1: themselves at each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a different kind of squid game. Yeah. Big balls of rock and gas were bumping into each other all of the time, and a proto-planet, which has a name. It's named Theia, named after the Greek goddess of sight, took a big swing at our Earth, and she lost. Oh, shit. And her debris, she broke apart. Into many pieces. Her muscles, her hair, her eyeliner. Her fingers. Her fingers, her toes. Goodbye. Good night. Into the void. Her debris mixed with the debris from Earth to create our moon. That is a little too nuts for me. Isn't
1: it? It's a little crazy. You're saying the moon is made up of a bunch of rocks and not one
0: rock? It's our rock and Thea's rock. Thea's core, actually, which is the only surviving part, which is why the moon is so small and also like, has a strange density mixed with like our planet dirt and probably some dinosaurs maybe yeah and it hung up out there because it was like what's up life is great
1: yeah that's cool all
0: right all right sure another theory is the capture hypothesis so the idea behind this hypothesis is that the moon was minding their own goddamn business when they passed by the earth and the earth swept them off their feet
1: Oh, how romantic. Exactly. Oh, it's like Titanic.
0: Yes. So the Earth is Leo? Yes. Oh,
1: no, that's not going to end well for us.
0: It doesn't. We will be consumed by water and dragged down to the uh, fire, water, and iceberg.
1: Wow. Womp womp.
0: So the idea is that the Earth could have literally snatched the moon out of the air and pulled them into orbit. And this has happened before in the case of like the Martian moons, which are actually all Mm. capture... (gasps) moons but the issue with this hypothesis is that usually they're like a bit lumpier because they don't have enough like mass to have enough gravity to like spherical like circle out Mm, you know bounce out exactly exactly and then the final hypothesis is the co-formation hypothesis so the idea with this one is that the moon and the earth have always been bffs they grew up together they went to college together and now they're growing old together in a little college in the goldilocks zone of our solar system and then it could in theory be a magical place, full of wonder, and cheese. Ooh! But space.gov has not published an article on this yet. And they haven't asked me for any of my research. So um, to be determined. To be determined. It would be
1: good cheese, though. I like, hope- why would a cheese and wheel and the moon look so similar if Honestly, they weren't the same thing?
0: It's just science. It's just science. And there's no cows up there. So I bet I could eat it and not have a bad tummy time. Oh, my God. Never even thought about that. The dusty pop rock cheese. Give me that dusty, (laughs) low-lactose cheese. Mmm, delish. So we're going to go, we're going to transition into a whole discussion about moon deities. Mm -hmm. But one of the big questions we had is why are moon deities always goddesses? Like, why do they always have, like, big, feminine lipstick energy? Yeah, what's up with that? So I counted all of the lunar deities on Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And the breakdown is actually pretty even. 48 goddesses 50 gods and six deities that didn't have a specific gender oh okay the reason that we might think like you and i might think about lunar deities as, as being feminine is because they're very regional specific that makes europe sense. is almost exclusively lunar goddesses say for like norse mythology which you're going to get into later mm-hmm. asia is sort of mixed up with cultural identity, Chinese and Japanese mythology is mostly made up of moon gods. Alicia's going to talk about one of the exceptions and Chinese moon goddess. While Indonesia and Korea mythology holds on to moon goddesses like pretty firmly, mm-hmm. Australia almost has exclusively moon gods. Yeah. They're like the moon, big dick energy up there, big dick energy. And then Africa and the Americas are mixed as well with the Maya actually having a moon goddess that has a mortal male incarnation, like a male avatar. Ooh, That like, comes cool. down to Earth and like gets it stiff. I love that. One of the theories that I don't necessarily like want to spend a lot of time on is that like as a culture, we might equate the moon with the feminine because the lunar cycles have a similarity to like menstrual cycles Mm -hmm. so the lunar cycle is 29.5 days and the average menstrual cycle is 28 days but also as like contemporary beings like we recognize that not all people that have menstrual cycles are female and not all females have menstrual cycles
1: yeah and that's interesting with like the regional differences because it's very much at least in the United States we only really learned about western civilization and culture like a lot of greek roman thing like pretty pounded into our brains since yeah sixth grade
0: absolutely sixth grade
1: through 12th grade like it was a long fucking stint and did we talk about any chinese gods any aboriginal beliefs absolutely not. no nothing like that if it wasn't like british and colonialism we didn't hear anything about it exactly so even that is our own you know, deficit of knowledge to mm-hmm. an extent. And, you know, the school system, which, which is really, we should all be at the writing letters.
0: Yes. I would love to write a letter to a school board. Yeah. It's fucked up, guys. Let them read 1984. The
1: Department of Education. That's all. Get our quills out. <laughs> yes. Fucking scribble, scrabble. Scratch, 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 scratch. And on the topic of gender in terms of the moon, I found a really, really cool website called The Queer Classicist. And they have a lot of really interesting articles. So I definitely think it's worth checking out even just beyond this. But the article was called The Moon is Non-Binary, Ancient Greek Probably. Which I was (laughs) like, that's a great fucking title, you know?
0: That is, if we could just add probably at the end of every episode title (laughs) of our our fucking podcast. Witchcraft is real, probably. Probably. (laughs) Blood magic, probably. Probably.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) <laughs> They'll probably podcast. This headline is based off of a quote by the transgender activist Anshika Kular, who said, The sun is trans and the moon is non-binary, which is very poetic. Love it. And so I'm trying so hard not to copyright everything in the article because it was so, so well written. So you should definitely check it out. But including some good talking points. The article talked about Aphroditus. Who Have you heard about this person before? I have not. I thought that okay. you misspelled Aphrodite. Okay. Yes. I had never heard about this person. So Aphrodite was a version of Aphrodite, but male and worshipped on the island of Cyprus, like solely on the island of Cyprus in ancient Greek days. Mm-hmm. Aphrodite is said to have a feminine type body, you know, the curvy, the titties, you know, we got all that thing going on but with a penis and balls and a masculine name because the U.S. for Aphrodite is what makes the name masculine mm-hmm. in Latin. I took Latin. I know a little bit. I'm just a smidge, you guys. Listen to her. Just a little. The ancient Roman writer Macrobius actually wrote that Aphroditus is a god of the moon, but not god in the traditional he-him way. And of course, I don't know if the ancient Greeks and Romans went as far to use the pronouns they-them. That does seem a little progressive for back then but i wasn't alive back then so i wouldn't fucking know you know but Aphrodite indicates that there was an understanding of gender fluidity in society how popular this concept was or was it just more well known off of cyprus we don't know we don't really have enough documents old parchments to know or figure that out are you telling me that we have A mystery. We have a mystery. A mystery. An historical mystery. Ooh, with clues and and poems. What does it mean? But think about this: Aphrodite is literally a trans Aphrodite who was worshipped as a god of the moon. Like that's so fucking cool. That's fucking metal is shit. However, at rituals for Aphrodite. Men and women would come together. So both of them come together. Everyone's worshiping Aphrodite. Like mm-hmm. all genders, we're all here for it.
0: Glow sticks out. We're screaming. We're
1: screaming. It's Coachella. <laughs> and they exchange clothes. And Philostratus the Elder even wrote that during these festivals, women could act the part of men and men put on women's clothing and play the part of a woman. So it was all about cross dressing.
0: That is fascinating. Yeah.
1: So if you are non-binary or the usual femme moon goddess thing is not your style, Aphrodite may actually be a really good god to look into to better connect with a moon deity. And another one, which I found really interesting, is a Babylonian god called Sin. S-I-N. I'm assuming Sin could be Sin. I'm not Babylonian. Is anyone Babylonian? Are people Babylonian?
0: I'm sure somewhere, someway, a 23 and me... <sighs> Has popped up. Has popped up with 5% Babylonian. Okay. Okay.
1: Good to know. And Sin was a god of the moon and usually viewed as masculine until the moon was full. <gasps> At that point, Sin became female and was worshipped as the god of female fertility.
0: Oh my god. So it's like a werewolf, but like with Ram- Ranma one half. fem werewolf.
1: <coughs> Femme moon dream. werewolf. Like what the hell? That's so cool. That's my fucking perfect partner. Like I love that. And continuing on. Basically, every culture worshipped the moon in some sense. So we're going to touch upon a few of the popular but not so popular moon gods that were worshipped and their stories. Like you've heard of Artemis and Diana. We've done them. We know them. We know them. We've met my cat. (laughs) We had a whole episode about my cat. We know them. So we're going to talk about the not so popular, but still kind of popular. We have Kansu. And there's a story that Ra, the sun god, had forbidden Newt. I know this is a lot of context we've got a lot of exposition here okay so newt was the sky goddess so Ra, son had forbidden newt the sky to give birth on any of the 360 days of the calendar in order to help her give birth to her children thoth who is the god of wisdom played a game against konsu in this game of Senet, which is kind of like this really old egyptian board game looks kind of boring honestly oh bummer konsu lost to thoth and then he gave away enough moonlight to create five additional days of sunlight so Newt could give birth to her five children. And it was said that before losing the game, the moonlight was just as bright and took up just as much time as the sunlight. So it was kind of like a literal split. Wow. But when Konstu lost, he had pulled back hours of moonlight so that the sun could shine for five days longer for Newt. And because of this, Khonsu was also known as the god of time, since he went in there and he just fucked it all up forever. He
0: was like, duh, 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 I'm going to cross da, these da. wires, Booty, bee, bee, bee. let's get this girl born, Beety, bee, bee. she's carrying five children. <laughs> she needs
1: time to give birth. Sometimes Khonsu is depicted as a hawk-headed god, however, he is mostly depicted as a young man with a side lock of hair like a young Egyptian, probably a hottie. He sounds like a hottie. He's just a hottie. A hottie bad boy. And in terms of witchcraft, he helped with healing and with fertility. And it doesn't look like there's a community of people who really follow Khonsu. But then again, you know, never say never. You could be the one to start following Khonsu. Like, kind of cool. We should bring the old Egyptian gods back. What happened to that time? They're in, like, the children's museum, but no one's out worshipping them. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, fair, fair, fair. It's interesting. Then we have Mani. Mani is the brother of the sun, Sol, and this is from Norse mythology. Mani is known as the moon personified. So if someone said moon back then, they would just say Mani. There are also some theories that Mani may be the famous man on the moon. (gasps) Who is he? How is he? Who would play him?
0: In a movie? In a
1: movie. In a TV show. I mean... I think it's some young Sean Connery.
0: So my first thought was Tina Fey but in a wig but in a wig (laughs) a different wig but like I also feel like it's gotta be like older grandfatherly Mm -hmm. like a Morgan Freeman situation okay a Morgan Freeman's good that's a good one I like that
1: however a lot of other cultures have their own version of the man on the moon so what does this mean we don't know and we're not getting into that in this episode there's a story about how two children always follow Mani through the heavens. These two kids had come from a home with an abusive father. Moni had hand-selected these children to help him in the heavens and took them out of their destructive family home. And Monty has protected these two kids ever since.
0: Oh my god, he's a hero.
1: Yeah, so that makes Mani, to some as this kind of like good dad god. Oh my god, dad bod god? Dad bod god? Isn't that cute? That's so cute. So he is a great god to worship if you're either wanting protection over children or even protection over yourself. Because sometimes I'm baby. And that has to be okay.
0: I changed my answer. Who's the guy who played (laughs) in Stranger Things the dad cop?
1: Oh, the dad cop. Mm-hmm. who uh, Winona writer, who is also an October 29th birthday. Yes, she is. Uh-huh. Uh, thank
0: you very much. Thank you. It's David Harbour. David Harbour. David Harbour is a man on the moon, and he's there, and he's picking up those children, and he's taking them away from you, you destructive, abusive.
1: The upside down.
0: He, <laughs> he's, dra- he's got his little talons in them, and he's dragging them down to the upside down.
1: <laughs> Where they'll be safe. Where they'll be safe. Then we have Changxi, and she is a lunar goddess from China and is known as the mother of twelve moons, which is one moon for each calendar month of the year. I saw you take a double take. You are like twelve children. That is too many moons and too many children. (laughs) Gravity is all fucked up. It's gone. These twelve moons are said to be her daughters, and Changxi would bathe them in the moon water. Isn't that precious? That's so cute. And Changshi was a very prominent goddess in early Chinese mythology, but her popularity waned throughout the centuries. And her role was eventually taken over by Chang Yi. And the two get mixed up all the fucking time since their names and spelling are even like very similar. That's, that so is true. Isn't that fucking annoying? You come first, you come first, you're like the number one. And someone with almost your same name takes over. And now they care more about her? then you you're the mother of the 12 moons <laughs> i gave birth to all these moons does no one have any respect for elders anymore absolutely none so let's talk about Chang'e. Yi is the famous chinese goddess of the moon her origin story is that Yi was once a beautiful woman married to an archer named hui yi one day 10 suns had risen together into the sky and began scorching the earth like think of that visual this is
0: the end of times. It is. I am so
1: hot. Hoi, who I imagine is like so handsome. Oh. Like ripped, you guys. Like, Kansu who? Oh, so good. Took out his bow and arrow and shot down nine of the ten sons. You know, of course, leaving one. <laughs> because because did, one's enough. We need some crops. And from one of the fallen sons, he was given an elixir of immortality. Ooh. What is
0: he going to do with it?
1: Hoi-Yi planned for him and Chang'e to one day drink the elixir and become immortal together. However, one day, when Hui yi went out on a hunting mission, his apprentice, Feng Meng, broke into their house and tried to take the elixir from Chang'e. And out of desperation, she drank it and immediately ascended towards the heavens. No! She chose the moon as her place of residence, hoping that this would be the closest to her husband. <gasps> I know. I know. When Hoi oh. returned home, he was so racked with guilt that he was unable to protect Changi. He put out all of her favorite
0: fruits and cakes, and then killed himself. Okay, so um, what does that solve? <laughs> <laughs> you are gonna just maybe he thought he'd be
1: there with her, but he just went whoops—he
0: straight past her, literally, like not helpful at all. Shooting through the seven circles of hell. Yeah, this guy who shot down nine sons? Let me just make your favorite tiramisu. Like, here's a little uh, frappuccino for you. And then I kill myself so that maybe I could lure you here, perhaps. And then uh, you'd see my dead body and it would traumatize you forever.
1: Yeah, she
0: would. She is the moon.
1: There is an alternate version to this myth, though. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Where Changi actually drank the elixir of her own accord. (gasps) Like behind her husband's back.
0: Oh my god, Adam and Eve style. And then
1: escaped to the moon.
0: Well, what did he do?
1: Well, it didn't say what he did. But I think she just wanted to be immortal forever. That's what it sounded like.
0: Yeah.
1: Hoi Yi, of course, was really angry at first. And then he felt so bad for her. Because she's on the moon forever. And it must be so lonely up there.
0: I'm cold. But she's got cheese.
1: And she's got cheese. So he laid out her favorite fruits and cakes until he died at probably the ripe old age of 35. Because no one lived long back then. That was the point I was
0: making. They didn't. (laughs) They really didn't. It's like they got a little scrape and then they got an infection and died immediately. Yeah, so it
1: was a good old age for him.
0: They're like, oh, I got a cold.
1: Dead. Gone. And this act of putting out fruits and cakes is part of the mid-autumn festival that is celebrated in eastern and southeastern Asia. Like, even to this day. I am a lot of death I mean, in that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, he died of natural causes in one version. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, this is the ancient Chinese. In theory, they are all dead. <laughs> but do we know for certain?
0: No, we don't. We don't. We don't know. Have you seen all of those warriors <laughs> in <laughs> clay? I don't know anything. Have you seen the mummy? No, oh, I've seen the mummy.
1: Then we have Chandra, otherwise known as Soma. In Hinduism, Chandra became the god of the moon after his mother swallowed it, which is pretty fucking metal. And I don't know how you claim something like that after your mom swallows it, but they figured out all the details, I guess. The moon's waning phase from full to new is explained as the other Hindu gods eating Chandra to consume his vital energy to strengthen themselves. That's pretty fucking morbid. I don't think I realized how morbid it was when I wrote it out.
0: That's like vampire style. It is.
1: However, because Chandra is so powerful, he always returns. So, you know, the moon always comes back.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Chandra also has a co-ruler named Khandi. When Chandra disappears as the moon is eaten by the other gods, it is Khandi who becomes the ruler of the moon. Then Khandi is devoured and Chandra returns, (laughs) explaining the phases of the moon. It's a fucking cycle. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chandra is an early Hindu god. Although... Chandra is not as important and well-known as he was, like, 2,000 years ago. He is still influential to modern Hindus. By worshiping Chandra, modern Hindus believe that they can find relief from sorrow and mental afflictions. Chandra is said to radiate happiness. He is named after the Hindu word for Monday, and so Monday is regarded as the best day to worship him. Like, bright and early, Monday morning. Easy. He represents the mind, feminine nature, beauty, and happiness. So he's got that equal, identifies Mm -hmm. as a god, but... It's also a fun thing. Also,
0: he's so hungry that he can eat a whole god in like a day.
1: I mean, when you're hungry, have you ever been like hungry?
0: Yeah, yeah, you get it. But then I, I feel like then I eat too fast and then I get the tummy ache. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: that's the stars. It's all gas. (gasps) Wait, they are gaseous. Oh my
0: god! What the fuck? It. I figured it out. As above, so below.
1: I figured it out. Then we have Mayari. Mayari is the moon goddess of the Tagalog people in the Philippines. She's the goddess of combat, war, revolution, hunt, weaponry, beauty, strength, the moon, and night. So very like Artemis Diana vibes with this one. I was like, oh, I know this. Mm -hmm. She was also known as one of the most beautiful goddesses in Batala's court. Her story goes that Batala, who is the omnipotent creator of like, you know, everything, knows all, everything. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm here, I'm everywhere.
1: I'm here, I'm everywhere, baby. He died without leaving a will, which I'm like, this is very progressive for back then. Wills.
0: Okay. Do they have, like, there's, like, a little god, um, like, judge that has to yeah, come must in, be. like, and he, like, <laughs> reads it, and, and, uh... There's, like, a little bailiff or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's got a little god gun, and yeah. he, like, funny No business. fighting.
1: And... Apalaki, the god of the sun, and Mayari fought over who would rule the earth. Apalaki wanted to rule the earth alone while Mayari insisted on equal rights because, you know, that's all feminism is, baby. Mm-hmm. The two fought out the conflict with bamboo clubs until Mayari lost an eye. So she's known as a beautiful goddess with one eye. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. After Apalaki saw what he had done, he agreed to rule the earth together, but at different times because obviously we can't do this at the same time. We can't be in time. the same room no. at the same time. However, due to the loss of her eye, Mayari's light is always dimmer than her brothers.
0: Aww. I'm
1: like, "Oh, look at them. They explained that part, too." Like, that's how cool is that?
0: Pretty amazing.
1: And Mayari is currently worshiped in modern Filipino pagan groups. So, if you're Filipino and she sounds like a down ass bitch to you, like look her up. Like, that's fucking fantastic. That's so cool. And the last one we're going to talk about is Balu. Balu is the moon man of Aboriginal Australian mythology of Southeast Australia. He keeps three deadly snakes as pets, so he's already a bit too scary for me. We got to get out of here. <laughs> we are. He's the last one. We're going to wrap it up after this. It is said that Yi, the sun, courted Balu and really fancied him for a while. However, Balu did not return Yi's advances. And that is why the sun chases the moon across the sky. Yi threatened the spirits who held up the sky that if they ever let Balu escape down to earth, that ye would plunge the world into darkness.
0: This sounds like an abusive This is situation. a woman born Hell hath no fury, you know. I think that maybe we need to get, who's, is it Kansu? Who's the daddy? Who's my moon daddy <laughs> to come and protect? Yeah. Oh, Monty? Yes. We need Monty to come over here. I need David
1: Harbour <laughs>
0: to come in and protect me from this crazy person.
1: And another story of Balu is one where he actually does walk the earth. In this tale, Balu takes his snakes out for a walk at night. Apparently, he called them his dogs. But they're fucking snakes. These are snakes.
0: Also, snakes do not walk. He's taking them out for a slither. But if
1: they had like little legs, I would kill myself. That would be so scary. They would just
0: be a lizard.
1: (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I guess I imagine like long legs, like big dog legs. That's why I was like, I am jumping off a bridge. I cannot
0: do this. Have you seen, quick aside, have you, hold on. Have you seen those, um, the robot dogs? Like Poochie? No, not like Poochie, not like Techno, like the robot cop dogs.
1: No, what is that? Oh, like, oh, like in, um, Black
0: Mirror. Yes. (gasps) So they fucking have those now. That's ridiculous. And that is what, so big, long, (laughs) clumsy, (laughs) But also a snake. Yeah. Ah! That'd be so scary.
1: Anyways, walking his dog snakes. He comes upon a group of men and asks them to carry the snakes across a river for him. A simple godly request, you know. The men were like, fuck no, dude. (laughs) I'm not getting in a river with snakes in my boat. For a god, what the fuck? No. And so Balu was like, fine, I'll do it myself. And so he had the two snakes coiled around each arm and one around his neck. And once he was in the water, he threw a piece of bark on the water, which floated in the stone, which sank because he's very melodramatic. He loves the theater, this Balu. He declared that he was like the bark always rising again, but that the men would be like the stone and sink to the bottom where they were dead. Which is that's a threat. That's, that's- a fucking threat.
0: Listen, we need to call HR. Exactly,
1: exactly. I don't know what that was. Exactly. The men who had always feared the snakes now feared them even more and hated them and killed them whenever they saw one. And Balu always sent more to remind the people that they had not done what he had asked, and that is the reason why we have snakes in Australia.
0: <laughs> that is crazy. Is that crazy? Oh my god. That's fucking insane
1: if and those- scary. I think he's like. Of all of these gods, I think Balu might be a little more twisted <laughs>
0: than the rest of them. It's also, it's like, listen, Balu. have you ever heard of boundaries? Like, people are allowed to say no to things. Yeah. Like, you don't have to punish them. That's true. Maybe he's twisted because ye, the sun, just kept chasing him everywhere. He's
1: like, I'm tired. I'm so Can tired. Can you please? Like, please leave me alone.
0: Here I am with my hand out asking for you to just grab hold of it. Please me help afloat. me. Please help me. Yo, I get it, Balu.
1: And then that has been some lunar deities, and you're going to tell us about where these motherfuckers live.
0: So, I, what is this? What's the Moon Palace, Tara? Why okay. is this on our research? Okay. So, as why is this here? What, what does this mean? This was not a Patreon question. <laughs> this was a Tara question. All right. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Can we be honest here? Is this a safe place?
1: It depends what you say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as a spooky magical girl in 1990 i often thought about the moon and its many secrets mm-hmm. for sure and if you were also a cute 90s kid with cheeks full of warheads you didn't have to look far for depictions of the moon palace Ooh! in power rangers the moon palace is the home of rita repulsa and lord zed the villains of the early power rangers seasons It's thought that it was built to protect the Zeo crystal, which lay dormant for 10,000 years until Rita Repulsa was set free from her dumpster. Her dumpster on the moon? Her dumpster on the moon. (laughs) If you scroll down, the first episode is called Day of the Dumpster.
1: What? This is probably why I never watched Power Rangers. The
0: episode goes, two astronauts exploring the moon find a dumpster and they open it. What? And she comes out. Oh, she
1: looks enticing. She's extremely hot. She's full of secrets. And fun, possibly.
0: She sounds like she would be harsh. Oh, yeah. Difficult. hmm Whiny. But also extremely fun in a club. Oh, for sure. In Sailor Moon, the Moon Palace, or Moon Castle, rather, is Ooh. the palace for the Silver Millennium Kingdom. It is on the moon. Mm-hmm. And is home to Queen Serenity and Princess Serenity. I don't know why she can think of another name. I don't. I never understood that. That was very confusing. And they were like the same person. It's like a holy trinity I mean, situation. Oh my God, but who's the mom? Who came Nobody first? Nobody is the, the chicken mom. or the egg. These fourteen-year-olds are dating college students. That's there true. is no mom. It was pretty gross. Mom
1: was not paying attention.
0: She was on the moon. So it's guarded by the Sailor Senshi and their feline advisors. And it was destroyed by Queen Beryl, which is why all of the Sailor Senshi had to go down to Earth to be reincarnated into the future. And then was restored by Sailor Moon's power after her final fight with Metallia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Epic. Extremely. And it's Beautiful. And it's gorgeous. And it has flowers. A moon garden. Moon garden, moon reflection pool. It's honestly my dream house. (laughs) It's my forever home. So the idea of entities living on the moon and moon palaces is older than Alicia and I. They function differently across different cultures and folklore but for the most part they are seen as a kind of psychic foil to earth. Mm. In the case of the moon palace of Chang'e, the great lunar deity of Chinese mythology, it is a physical place so alicia's talked about changa she goes up to the moon she takes her her little nightcap mm-hmm. and she goes up to the moon and she escapes her extremely dramatic boyfriend oh yeah he's hot but like come on the moon is a vigil uh, is a visual it's a vigil we're all here we're all here paying our respects to her every day the moon is a visual manifestation of the grand yin this cosmic store of energy it's described as a cold white Phosphorescent body like snow, ice, white silk, rock, crystal, and pearl. Hmm. So it's like the ice world in Mario Kart, but like magical and and less Wario. Oh, okay, okay. This energy is inside all lunar creatures, which I was like creatures, creatures.
1: There's multiple. Who's up there? Who is the man on the moon? Moon snakes? No. Oh
0: no. The most popular of which is of course chong O, also known as Yue O which translates to moon fairy. So Chong Oh isn't up there entirely alone. She does have like a little nymph crew that follows her around, which this is adorable. They like resemble snowflakes and like little white flower petals that like crinkle tinkle. That's cute. It's called a royal moonbeam swarm. And they play uh, like music. And the music is like a crystalline high pinch tinkling icicle sound. (gasps) That's cute. But these lunar deities don't get a lot of, like, visitors. And I don't, I'm not sure how good, like, these nymphs are at conversation because Chong O is often pictured as being, like, lonely and forlorn. She's, like, always, like, pictures, like, looking out the window. She's looking at Earth. She's, like, looking off into the distance, into the void. The void is not looking back because she's extremely lonely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Chong she's up in the Moon Palace on the physical moon, but there are other myths that describe the moon as a place that's on Earth. Like it's like a reflection here. It's here and it's now. What? Where is it? So the terrestrial moon palace is described in the inner scripture of the yellow court and is called the Kuang Hong Kong Palace of Widespread Cold. It exists in the northernmost part of the world. And this is because the Santa Claus workshop is where the moon sort of periodically renews its vitality. It's Mm -hmm. up there. It's chilling. It's drinking hot cocoa. The little
1: elves are working on it. Little massages. (laughs) Elf massages. Yes. Mm hmm.
0: Walking on its little back. The Quan Quanhang Kong, also known as the Quanhang Yue Tian, seems to be one part like real palace and one part spirit palace because in several texts, it's described as a destination for the, quote, adept soul as it plunges, mm. quote, through space. That's kind of crazy. There are other stories of travel to the Moon Palace like that of Lu Chi, who flew to the Moon Palace in a calabash, which is like a gourd. I thought perhaps it was maybe like a
1: gourd like a pumpkin it's like a pumpkin that's beautiful like in a little like pumpkin squash
0: it's in like a little like cinderella yeah there's little mice oh my god and they're like we're going to the cheese um he had to wear oil skin to protect against all of the snow but the theme through all of these is that the lunar world is fucking cold that makes sense
1: it's freezing okay the sailor scouts Mm-hmm. Did not wear enough clothing for it to be that cold.
0: No. mini skirts and high-top boots? What? No.
1: I mean, maybe the boots helped, but...
0: Were they insulated? Maybe. I don't know. I have to ask. I don't know. Excuse me. Maybe Hold they on. were squirts. Also not protective. I mean, they had long gloves. They were like, okay, <laughs> we're going to be scantily clad, but people will only assume we're scantily clad because we're wearing really short shorts, but our boots are like this high, so we're really only showing this much skin. <laughs> This much arm, this much leg. But I think what we're getting at is that the Moon Palace on Earth is really not a place for living. There are people who like live there, but it's not exactly like a sandals resort situation. Mm -hmm. It's like lonely Mm -hmm. and it's cold and it's desolate and they want to be literally anywhere else.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's like Maine in winter. Absolutely.
0: And to just wrap this
1: up, our whole lunar deity discussion is witchcraft, guys. Well, like what witchcraft you can do. And one of the best parts about witchcraft is that you can do whatever the fuck you want. Probably.
0: Probably. (laughs) I knew you were going
1: to say it. I should have just let you. (laughs) No, but if any of these lunar deities seem like they vibe with you, this is someone that you can use as a resource, and you can worship them and learn more about them and incorporate them more into your craft. And if you just want to be more in touch with the moon in general, we've talked about it a long time ago, but the moon cycles, baby – remember new moon we're setting intentions this is great shit this Mm -hmm. is good the waxing moon this is all about growth this is a good time to look inward to like help your self-esteem help your confidence we're building we are the building blocks of success right here right now then we have the full moon really you can't do much with that unless you're a werewolf no you're charging your crystals you know we're setting up Tara was like wait
0: Wait, no, but what you about, can. we could turn into a sexy lady. You
1: can turn into a sexy lady, finally. And then the waning moon is all about banishment. This is where, let's get to cut the cords, cut these people out of our life. This is a good time to do that kind of magic. And we had one patron from our Patreon, Amy, who asked about if blowing out candles for birthdays, which is so topical because, you know, it's birthday season. If that's a Dianic ritual. And apparently the whole idea of blowing out candles for someone's like birth is a ritual that does date back to Artemis. What? Yeah. In what way? And it was this whole idea of creating and manifesting your intentions as you like blow out the candle Because you make a wish? Did you make a fucking wish? <laughs> what? I'm just like seizing
0: coats everywhere because <laughs> it's so
1: cold. Exactly. And then the cake, they used to bake like round cakes to symbolize the moon.
0: This is for Artemis
1: back in the day.
0: That's amazing. So, this
1: was a whole moon sort of ritual and tradition back in ancient Greek, ancient Rome. And it symbolizes like the light of life, that little candle. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that cool? Who the fuck would have known? Amy coming over here with a smart... Qu- she was like, I know the answer.
0: She was literally like, listen, <laughs> I got something to tell you. <laughs> I got something
1: to tell you, and this is going to blow your goddamn minds. But I didn't know anything about that, and I think that's fucking
0: incredible. Any final thoughts on moon deities?
1: There are so many. There like, are so that many. was just like the tip of the iceberg. Oh, my God. Know? There were
0: like 100, over 100.
1: And I really feel like if you want to better connect with the moon, there is a deity out there, whether we talked about it or not. But mm-hmm. there's a deity out there that... totally going to be your vibe
0: exactly and even if you're not like a person that likes to work with like gods and goddesses and etc like i feel like there is moon energy Mm -hmm. to be harnessed yeah because it's always there it is always there and it is always watching
1: yeah we did have a patreon question asking who would win in a fight lunar deities or solar deities sounds like the solar deities would win unfortunately
0: i think so i really want to
1: root for the moon because they're like the underdog Mm -hmm. but it seems like they're getting their ass kicked time and time again one bitch lost an eye
0: exactly exactly
1: (laughs) one's always running one's always running but that'd be a fun like cage match possible
0: patreon episode that would be amazing oh my god all of the all of the planets Oh, and Alicia fighting? Cage Match. Oh my God, you guys don't even know. Alicia puts out these like Cage Match Patreon episodes. I've done it once. It's fucking hilarious. They are very funny. It
1: is like my magnum opus. Like, probably the best thing I've ever recorded, honestly. You know
0: what that means? <gasps> what? It's time for. Which is in the news. Oh, thank God. My favorite time of year. Okay. And we
1: have three fascinating stories to talk about. You ready? Exactly. First off, fact check. Witches weren't burned at the stake in American colonies. Wait, what? There you go. uh, That's what got me to click the article. My brain fell on the floor. It's out of my head. Last month, a Facebook post was distributed throughout the socials that said witches weren't burned at the stake in America. And of course we don't believe everything we read on the internet. just like most things, you know, like the earth is flat, you know, the the pertinent things we believe, of course. (laughs) So some historians weighed in on this news debate. Were witches sentenced to death by being burned alive right here in the United States? That is the question. We are going to figure it out with our scholarly caps.
0: And our little tiny glasses and our little
1: books. And our big, big magnifying glass (laughs) to read the little books. And the answer is, from what we know, Witches here in America were not burned at the stake. You have to explain. Okay, you got this. Witchcraft in the 17th century was, of course, a felony. And the punishment for a felony was to be hanged until dead. So, for the most part, all people accused of witchcraft were hung, you know, in the United States. So, in all the US colonies, the 13 little colonies there were,
0: or whatever oh, the fuck. Wow, okay.
1: I say most because there was one man named Giles Corey who refused to plead innocent or guilty. So his punishment was to be crushed to death by heavy stones.
0: This is so... But he was not lit on fire. He was not. This is a... S- Isn't this crazy? I don't want to say a silly death, but this is like an extra horrific... I would choose a
1: hanging versus being thrown rocks crushed? at.
0: Crushed? Yeah. Heavy stones. Heavy stones. Heavy
1: stones. Big enough. It was just like, Ew. oh, and it'd be so messy,
0: so messy. Just hang me! It would just I don't be like squit, like flat.
1: However, one historian did say that we should not make absolute statements, and that even though there is no documentation of witches being burned at the stake in the American colonies, it doesn't mean it never happened. We could just not know. People didn't really write well that back then, you know. We don't know everything, and specifically, it could have happened in areas that were under Spanish rule at the time. So, not one of our, like, nice, like, 13 colonies, but other parts of the U.S. were occupied.
0: hmm
1: Colonialism back then. And this claim comes from how alleged witches were burned alive at the stake during the Basque witch trials, like, back in Spain, which is why they believe maybe people could have been burned here in the U.S.
0: Fair, fair, fair. Spanish Inquisition style. Exactly.
1: And even though that's a fun fact, the witch burnings around Spain were not as widespread
0: as the rest of Europe. So... Who yeah. actually knows? Do you want to know why that is? Can I tell you why that is? Because of, because Lale and Negra. Because Lale and Negra.
1: Yeah, actually, like, they. No, a little bit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So part of one of the things that people think of about the witch trials is that when people think about the witch trials, they think places that have really strong church systems would have really sort of iron fist witch trials, mm-hmm. but actually places that have really strong church systems don't even let their communities get to the point of uh, mm. like having witches within their walls. Oh. And so it was often places that had churches that felt very weak and it was an expression of control oh. over their population. Oh shit, that's crazy. But then also La Lleanda Negra. La leyenda negra.
1: our next story is stripe discriminates against witches hate this hate this so here come the whistleblowers here we are whoop whoop, whoop. they're whistling up a wind <laughs> the little like what is that guy from like new year's oh
0: the party favor what's it called yeah i don't
1: know Ooh,
0: it's not a kazoo. it's not a cracker
1: because those are mm-hmm. british dinners it's like a
0: yeah, the oh they're so annoying they're like
1: metallic you know what we mean In a Wired article by Meg Jones-Wall, she writes about how Stripe has been shutting down her business ventures because her products are, like, witchy. And for those who are already confused by everything, let's give you some context. Stripe is a technology company launched in 2011 that is a payment processor, meaning... That it's kind of like Square or even like PayPal. So it's the thing you put your credit card in to check out when you're buying something. Right. Okay. However, it has exclusive contracts with some website platforms. And by some, I mean like over 3 million websites. So it's like around. And even though Stripe is so popular in their terms of service, they will deny companies that offer psychic services due to them being a high-risk business. And you and I, which yes, we get it. We do. We've seen so many news stories about how someone has been scammed out of thousands of dollars to banish a stupid curse on their stupid life. Like, we've seen it. We've heard it. We know it happens. It was last episode. And that's the high risk. That's what Stripe is worried about. But with Stripe's psychic service ban, it's very vague, and that can be a big umbrella. So they are banning tarot card readings, psychic consultations, of course, workshops, books lectures, stores that sell metaphysical blah blah blahs, crystals, orbs, candles, etc.
0: That's a lot of stuff.
1: That's a lot of stuff and not all of that stuff is trying to scam you. Most of that stuff is not trying to scam you. They're just
0: trying to sell you a nice rock.
1: Exactly. Come on. And if you're a small witchy business owner, that personally affects you. And of course it doesn't help that a lot of small witchy business owners are women people who identify as queer and people of color.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm, Okay. Red flags. Red flags everywhere.
1: Red flags. Stripe's reason for calling psychic services high risk is that these businesses often make claims that are not backed by science or past evidence, blah, 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 which can lead to a high chargeback rate. Customers will be promised an outcome, and when that doesn't come true, they will dispute the charge as product not acceptable. So they don't want to be in charge of you being like, I want a return. I want
0: my money back.
1: They don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with that at all.
0: I get it. But also, Yeah.
1: And their policy is broad enough that the company can terminate service immediately and permanently, even if businesses have been operating without issue for some time or have never had to issue refunds to unsatisfied customers.
0: It's just a blanket ban.
1: It's a blanket ban. if, If you come up on their sensors one day, you get issued an email being like, you got a week. Figure it out.
0: It's the same like Instagram. Like I had a a post taken down because I had drawn like a person that had nipples. Do you think someone flags that or do you think like there's no way it was up for like two seconds? And also if I you're don't following know, my. I feel page, like people are narcs. Well, people are also narcs, but one time I did have a picture of my dog in a Halloween costume and the text said, I will bite you. And then it got flagged for violence, threats of violence. Well, that sounds like a person did that. It was in my close friends one of them
1: this is like a murder mystery <gasps> oh, oh here we go opening up there. who are they and of course what makes this all the more difficult is that the denial of psychic services is in stripes terms of service so yes that really long document that you check yes i have read and agreed to but no one has actually read and agreed to anything no we're all just liars it? over here don't have time so people can begin using the processing service and then be suddenly you know just sent an email that they've been violating it and goodbye
0: i'm so angry
1: what people want to change is for stripe to be more transparent if they're going to deny shop owners so that they can use another processing platform with ample warning and we will of course diligently monitor the situation and let you know if any changes to stripes policy are made in our last story in a new survey new york city has been named the best city for witches in the United States. The runners-up are Los Angeles, Pasadena, Jersey City,
0: and hey. San Francisco. Oh, so, that Jersey City represents... Woop, woop.
1: Choose a coast, basically. Which coast do you want to go to? The study looked at a variety of criteria, including number of candle stores, Reiki healers, tarot card readers, astrologers, and even witch-oriented Facebook groups, which New York City has 42 of them one of which is ours one of which is ours oh that's a good point new york city also hosts an annual witch fest usa which we went to that one time yep and has over 120 cemeteries which i think that's beyond new york city's uh there's no grasp we're walking on dead people all the time oh my
0: god have you seen that thing where they were like they built over Times square oh no but a huge cemetery oh i believe wall Street. This whole That's why place. they're like so
1: corrupt at exactly. Wall Exactly,
0: exactly. Because they're haunted it's by It's just permeating from yeah. it. Oh my God. Yeah. And
1: also, I'm sure they didn't even include the witchy podcasts that are created in New York City, including but not limited to... Which, yes, The best one. The best one. And that has been Witches in the News.
0: Yay! Yay! Thank you, thank you. Informed. Thank you. If you can hear the sound of my coat moving around, you know I'm stretching. It's time, baby. We're moving on to the spell. The spell. This is a spell to speak up. Perfect. So I'm going to a lot of doctor's visits lately. And something that I struggle with a lot is telling my doctor what is up. It seems like it should be simple. It is not. No. Sometimes it can feel like too much to tell. Or when they ask me, like, why I'm there, I just blank out. You just forget. Why am I I here? Who am I? Mm Mm-hmm. And especially when they're acting super busy or they are ridiculously hot. Mm, Yeah,
1: that is also a problem.
0: So I was looking up a spell to give me confidence, but also to help me communicate better when I found this one by mjukichick.ko.uk. And I checked out all the correspondence and edited it a little bit, but the skeleton of the spell is the same. Perfect. So here's what you need. A piece of yellow, orange, or violet clothing. Okay. An almond. If you have a nut allergy, you can use a corresponding crystal like citrine or agate, lavender oil, a piece of paper. Sometimes I'll, like, prepare a couple just in case I make a little spelling mistake. Mm -hmm. And then a pen. Okay, easy enough. First thing you're going to do, cleanse and ground. Boom, always. Take those, which, yes, patented, three deep breaths. Probably. Probably. Take the piece of cloth and place it in your lap. Like a napkin. Like you're getting ready to have a spaghetti dinner. (laughs) Take your paper and pen and begin with the sentence. If I were to truly share what I need to express, I would say Mm da-da-da-da-da. And I really like this spell because the author said that you can write and rewrite this as many times until you feel like you've gotten it right. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes a while to get to the core of the issue. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself the time to really pull at the threads of what you want to say and especially why you want to say it. Once you feel like you've perfected what you need to say, take the almond and dab it with lavender oil. And I gotta say, I hope you weren't planning on eating that almond. I hope that wasn't your last almond. Oops, too late. And then with the tip of the almond, point to each word on your piece of paper and say it out loud, like learning to read Mm -hmm. in like first grade. Okay, perfect. Feel yourself. Say it out loud. How does it feel to say it out loud? Once you finish your read-through, place the almond where you're not going to forget it because you're going to bring it with you to your doctor's visit or your intervention or like your love confession on the day of your big speech. Wear the ritual item of clothing that you have prepared, bring the piece of paper that you wrote so that you can read it if you need to, and then, of course, know that your voice matters. Aww. It's important. And you are important. And you gotta speak up. Speak up. I can't hear you. Speak up. Louder. Louder. For the people in the back. Exactly. I love that. That's so cute. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You know what I realized the other day? We don't say that.
1: Listening, for listening, and if this was a joy for you,
0: you should head on over to Apple Podcasts
1: and give us five stars, please, and maybe a little note, like a little like, "Hey, hot butt." I don't know. Hey, hey, hot butt. How's that moon? Mmm, delicious. (laughs) Moon's out tonight. Moon's out. Buns out. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it'd be nice. A wink, (laughs) probably, (laughs) probably. We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for the music that we use in the intro and outro each week.
0: Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. I'd also really like to thank anyone that has left us a podcast review recently. We haven't been bugging you a lot. And uh, the people that do it, Unprompted, my favorite people. Boom. Head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you've been catching these podcasts. Give us five stars. Write something. You could write anything. You could say, I really loved that super cool joke you made mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um that's a good one yeah you would also say probably <laughs> <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> anyway those reviews matter and um it means a lot to us and i know it, it feels like labor but you only gotta do it once that's true and then i will marry you if they want to find you alicia where can they find you you can find me on instagram at alicia period herder is that your they- name what? Because that's your name, baby. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. S- fucking secrets out. <laughs> Sound <laughs> the alarm. <laughs> 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 if we want to find you, Tara, mm-hmm. how do we, uh, what do I do? So you can you can find me on Instagram at herlovelyface. That's my art Instagram. If you want to see pictures of my dog and my food and my boyfriend, you can find me at underscore little moss. That's my Finsta. It's on private. So I basically just check to see if you're following Alicia or the podcast. And if you are, you get to come in the castle. If you're private, I can't see those things so banned yeah i little- mean your secrets you're keeping secrets i'm keeping secrets we're not gonna mesh <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you can follow the podcast Which yes on instagram at Which yes share an episode in your stories tag us and we'll feature you on our stories if you don't like instagram you can hop over to facebook where we have witch yes the facebook coven and we- you can also send us an email if you just don't like the socials at which yes podcast at gmail.com. And you can also check out that amazing Discord. Holy shit, that has Discord. a life of its own. It is We are not in charge of
0: They did their own Halloween thing. It was so cute. It was adorable. You can also find us on Patreon, $5 Patreon, which is an above or getting two extra episodes a month. That makes this a weekly podcast. Alicia and I are about to go on our holiday. A holiday. And so we're going to be gone the entire month of December. But you know who's not going to be gone? The Patreon Witches, they still continue to get episodes. Ten dollars and above, get access to our close friends list and more. Plus, everybody gets early access to what? The merch that just came out. Hell yeah. So the merch was inspired by our Patreon witches. I'm really proud of it. Alicia's really proud of it, hopefully. Marcel, I'm not sure, but <laughs> We're proud of it. We're proud of it. I did want you all to note that the Patreon is really where it's at. And then again, if you want to have an ad, just like Positively Mystic did on this podcast, just email us at witchyesspodcasts at gmail.com. And that's it. Thank God. Oh, my God. And have a great day to our special guest, the moon.
1: Thank you for being here with us. We will see you again shortly. And this has been Witch Yes! (laughs)